Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Distressed property that's dated on the inside with bad cabinets can always be repaired. Not distressed people. And so we focus on distressed properties, not distressed people. And that platform has worked very, very well for us. Harry Potter may have had his Philosopher's Stone, but today I have my Philosopher's Wool. Now, if you know me, you know I love a good treasure hunting story. Draken, my first pulpy adventure thriller, is available now for free on Kindle, for example, and for a very reasonable price in all other formats. But yes, the Philosopher's Wool. You have to believe I was excited when I saw that. It turns out, though, its uses are mundane. To make LEDs, to make sun cream, to make anti-dandruff shampoos. It also turns out that I was barking up the wrong tree when I went looking for meaning in the history or the chemical properties of the element zinc. Welcome to How to Lend Money to Strangers with Brendan LaGrange. Todd Pickett, Principal and Managing Member at the Zinc Group of Companies, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here with you as well as your listeners. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it because, Todd, you've been in the property game for a long time now, but with a very interesting pivot in your career where you went from getting your hands dirty and actually building houses, and now you're on the side funding houses. But let's start at that first step when you were the one fixing up houses. Absolutely. Well, I grew up in Southern California and then uh, came up to Fresno, California, which is where I reside now. That's right in the center of California. Got my degree in construction and finance out of Fresno State. At that time, I was very, very poor, broke, on welfare. I had about $17 to my name. And what I did during that time of playing water polo and swimming is I needed a job. So I started cleaning buildings at a very young age. I took that company and I built it from myself up to about 500 employees. And I sold that company in 2006 to a private equity firm in New York. I did not enjoy that line of work. It wasn't something I was passionate about. I was extremely passionate about construction and real estate and finance. That's what I went to school for. That's always been my dream job. So I immediately went into the rehab business. I had bought a few multifamilies, small cap, fourplexes, duplexes. They were in terrible condition. I rehabilitated those up and then I rent rolled them up and then I sold them and made a small profit. I loved it. I bought single family residential properties I went into those properties, mostly with cosmetic infrastructure issues, and we would rehabilitate those and then we'd resell them in approximately 90 days. To date, I have fixed and flipped over $100 million of real estate throughout the California region. We're one of the largest fix and flip operators in the state. We focus on properties that are good bones, good neighborhoods with good elevation. So you can't fix the elevation of the house, which is the frontal view, and you can't fix the location, but everything on the inside can be fixed. And so that's where I started. From there, I went into lending. To date, we've done about a billion dollars of lending. We lend money in 35 states to entrepreneurs, business owners that buy distressed properties with the intent of rehabilitating them and then selling them for a profit. It's a fantastic business model. 
but it gets even better. I then went about two years ago and we formed our own mortgage fund. It's a debt fund. It has a sub REIT feature. It's registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission and our investors put money into that fund and invest alongside me. I have my own money invested in it. I have my family's money invested in it, the Zinc Income Fund. It's a fully secured fund. Every deed of trust on every property is fully secured by that fund. We use that money and then we lend it out to entrepreneurs in 35 states doing the same thing that I grew up doing, rebuilding communities one house at a time. It's a great and fascinating uh, experience. I love what I do and I'm very passionate about it. Produces returns of about 8% to our investors. The insights you must have gained from this front row seat you've had of the relationship between the people that are doing the rehab, the people that are doing the building, and the people traditionally that are lending. What was it that you learned doing the work yourself about looking for finance? Back when I started rehabbing my own properties 20 years ago, buying distressed properties, rehabilitating them, then reselling them to earn a profit, I found out one thing very quickly. Banks, credit unions, and mainstream financial institutions are not in this space. Because banks, financial institutions, credit unions, for that matter, mostly get their money from the FDIC, 91% government-backed, Fannie, Freddie, VHA, etc. As a result of where they get their capital, they're basically prohibited from lending on distressed properties. And they don't want to because of the short duration as well. So there's two primary factors that prevent banks from getting in here. Therefore, I uncovered a niche, a very specific niche in lending. And that's when I formed Zinc Financial to loan money to other operators that are in the same situation that I was. What's fascinating about this is my borrowers actually are creditworthy. They're not subprime. They're not non-prime. Our average FICO of our portfolio is a 7-Eleven, and all of them have cash. So we have good borrowers with good liquidity, with good jobs, paying above market rates for our loan because they need the speed, the ease, and the reliability of us to be able to fund. And so that's why that niche of lending that I've been able to focus in on has been so profitable and so lucrative and so safe for uh, our investors. Obviously, in terms of timing, you started Zinc when the financial crisis, the subprime mortgage crisis, was still hot ashes. And when you use words like distressed, I guess people start to think subprime, but it's not about the risk of the borrowers. The risk of the borrowers is fantastic. This is about a bank saying, I don't know how to look at a rehab project or a rehab company and make a judgment at scale cheaply, so I'm just not going to bother. It's fascinating to me. We do not loan money to distressed borrowers. We loan money on distressed assets. I've done a billion dollars of this, and I will tell you, I have never, ever lent on a property that I was not able to fix. Everybody listening to your program today has probably bought a house or sold a house. And when you bought or when you sold, here comes the conditions upon close of escrow. You have to fix that uh, self-enclosing pool gate. You have to make sure the smoke alarm's there. And by the way, your CO2 detector is not working. And there's a little bit of leakage at the hose spigot outside the front door, and it didn't clear the pest report. Properties can be fixed. It's, it's, it's about a contractor and materials usually available at your local Home Depot. I have always been able to fix distressed properties. I cannot fix distressed people. And back in the 90s and early 2000s, I did learn that lesson, and that's why I stopped. So I don't loan money to distressed people. We loan money on distressed assets. And it's fascinating because the government views it almost opposite. They loan money to more credit-challenged people than I do at a higher LTV, and their default rate is much higher. We actually have 
creditworthy borrowers, high FICO with 10 to 20% down on a property that actually perform better. What does that look like if I'm a contractor looking to, to raise some funds in nuts and bolts? I talk about this as my win-win, win-win story. You know, you have a borrower, a contractor, a real estate agent, or just a full-time real estate investor that finds a distressed property. This property's in probate. The previous people there have left our planet and they were there for 30 years. The house is in distress. The appliances don't work. The carpet is shag from the 1970s. There's not a, a fence around the pool. So that's the property. So how it looks is this investor finds that property. They are going to buy it, fix it, put $50,000 in it and resell it. This is a good borrower with good credit, with good experience. And he's got $50,000, $70,000 of his own money. But he doesn't have the three or 400 to buy the whole thing cash. Zinc will loan that borrower up to 80%, 85% of the acquisition cost, not to exceed 65 to 70% of the ARV or after repaired value. And then here's the neat part of this whole thing. My investors who provide me capital are invested in Zinc Income Fund. They get a solid return on their money, as close to guaranteed as you can get. We have a first position lien on that house. My investors are earning 8% passively with some excellent tax benefits instilled by the federal government. Their blended pre-tax rate is about 9.5%. And then the final winner in this whole thing is the neighborhood or the community. Boy, I'll tell you, when we drive up to a house, the lawn is 18 inches tall. There's a parked car in the front grass. The Christmas lights are still up in the middle of June. It's the dumpiest house in the neighborhood. I'll tell you what, neighbors bring us cookies, pies, and they're so grateful that the squatters that were in there or the bad renters that were in there are out. And this gentleman is going to fix this house up. Number one, the borrower, our investor, gets to make a sizable profit by buying this property, fixing it, and delivering it to a first-time homeowner. Number two, I'm a lender. I'm a licensed lender. I'm not a broker. I make a few dollars on the loan fee as well as yield on my personal money that's invested in the fund. Number three, the fund investors earn handsomely. We get returns of between eight and nine percent for loaning to a good creditworthy borrower to fix up this house. And finally, the neighborhood wins by improving their neighborhood with a buyer that's a first time home buyer that has entered that neighborhood and bought a newly nice rehabbed house with new appliances, new counters, new lighting, and a beautiful front yard that's manicured and looks good. There's no losers in my scenario. And that's that's how a typical transaction unfolds. I think it's a really nice twist. And essentially, you've created a bank without all the fluff in the middle. Uh, I am a bank. We are a licensed lender. We have the same licensing as Wells Fargo and major banks. We have the same licensing. The only difference is we get our capital from the Zinc Income Fund, private investors, where a bank would get theirs from the FDIC. That enables us more flexibility to loan on distressed assets. The, the Zinc Income Fund has done you know, phenomenally well. We invest in promissory notes on the properties. So we don't actually have the maintenance, repair, and hold time of actual real estate assets. Yet, we still are in the real estate business. So number one, we're going to create passive income wealth without having to actually own it. Number two, it's a debt fund. We get our income every single month. And some asset funds, you have to hold that asset for five years or seven years or three years. You have to reposition it and do a lot of other things with that money in the hopes, in the hopes that someday you realize the value and can sell it and make a few bucks. Ours is instantaneous. If an investor contributes money to Zinc Income Fund this month, next month, they get a check. Thirdly, the Zinc Income Fund has some 
excellent tax advantages. You only tax at 80% of the income. Number two, if you live out of state, you're taxed in the state that you reside, if it's more favorable than California. And then thirdly, IRA is not subject to UBIT taxes or a tax return. So it's just great for them. And it's a great vehicle. And you're right, I'm a bank, but I created this, this mechanism, which enables my investors to win and and myself to win, and I'm invested alongside of them. And it's just been uh, it's just been uh, quite an exciting event. And after a billion dollars with virtually no losses, I think our track record speaks for itself. I see from your website, you're still very much there helping property developers with tips and such. You're not all just about the loans. You still do have that passion for the actual industry. So talk to me about what you're seeing in terms of trends in the market. What are you watching? I get my data metrics that I study and evaluate from two sources. I do not get them from news, social media, or the web. I get my data raw directly from the source, National Association of Realtors, and I also get it from the GSA, General Services Administration. I look at a couple of things. Number one, at the the real estate level nationally, as well as California, believe it or not, as of today, the days on market for a home entry level below the median cost of housing is around 15. We're still not back at normal. Normal is 60 to 90 days. Simply put, we have a shortage of entry-level housing, candidly, across the nation. We also have a shortage of multifamily across the nation. Number two, housing is selling at or above, right now, the list price. Why? Because we have a shortage of housing availability right now. And again, it's pretty systematically wide across the country. When I look at the GSA, it's about a 160-page document. has all the metrics of servicing loan portfolios across the nation. What I start to hone in on is what I call stress points. Calls that are coming into the servicing centers that are stressed calls. The GSA plots these and tracks these, and then they sell this information to people like myself. Stress points coming into call centers are things like pick a payment, forbearance, foreclosure avoidance, distress. Listen to this. The amount of calls coming into mortgage centers across the nation for stress points or distressed borrowers is at four-tenths of 1%. It is at a 50-year record low. That tells me that we do not have stress in portfolios across the country. Housing mortgages today are performing at the highest level in 50 years. Why? Over the last eight to 10 years, all mortgages that have been written have been full-dock mortgages. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Full doc, full income, full verification. Back in the last housing price that crash, that was not the case. We had pick a payment, negative amortization, and a variety of other loan products where people didn't even qualify. 
SISA, stated income, stated asset. You could have been a pizza delivery driver and stated your income and gotten a half million dollar house. That is impossible to do today. We have a second part of this. Equity is at an all-time high. Back in 06, 07, and 08, and even the two recessions prior to that, strategic defaults made up the most of the defaults, not economic. They could afford it. They just didn't want to because there was no equity in their house. Today, we have record equity. So for the most part, mortgages are performing. We have another issue here. We just left the lowest cost point of mortgages in almost 60 years, two and a half, two and a quarter percent. What this is causing is almost a shadow effect. People are not moving. Previously, if people had a three-bedroom, two-bath house, they needed a four-bedroom because they had another kid, they'd move. People won't do that today. They're staying in that house. Why? Because they have a two and a half percent mortgage and their next mortgage is going to be near 6%. So those homes are not coming on the mortgage. We don't have upward mobility. Well, here's what you'll see on news channels. Housing's down 45%. It's down 45% from what? From the euphoria of 18 months ago? That was not normal. We are actually at normal supply, normal sales. Today's charts and graphs are still not even below the average median line over the last 50 years. So my projection is because of the shortage in housing, the demand for entry-level housing, and zinc only loans below the median cost of housing. That's our focus point because that's the most desirable and that's the most necessary. And here's the trick. Housing by itself right now is still a very solid investment. However, could there be a disruption in our field? Absolutely. And I tell my investors there absolutely could be a disruption. And if there was ever a time for that disruption, it would be now. What do you mean, Todd? You just told me housing is safe. It is safe. It's very, very stable. There's a shortage of entry-level housing. Mortgages are performing. There's not a wave of foreclosures coming. Defaults are at an all-time low. Uh, Housing is only 15 days on the market. All these attributes provide me with a solid foundation to make these loans. But today, I tell you, there is a very solid chance of disruption. It's a disruption outside the housing sector that could very quickly affect the housing sector. We live in a world and we live in an economy and we live in a society right now where the slight blip of something outside of housing could have a cause and effect on housing that could cause it to go into negative territory. War, political unrest, uh, political issues, uh, worldwide issues, energy issues. There's a variety of issues that are facing us today that, that could contribute. But unless you're under a rock, that could happen with any industry that you're in. And that's kind of where I feel today. So I'm very bullish on this. We only lend to investors, and I only put my money and my investors' money into established neighborhoods. There needs to be a curb, a gutter, a Starbucks nearby, a church, and a McDonald's. These are well-established neighborhoods. We do not do rural, acreage, condos, forest, desert. We don't do any of that. The houses we loan on curbs and gutters, they have a street, they have a sidewalk. They've been there for 15 or 20 years. There's a Starbucks nearby. They're very, very sound, entry-level homes. Here's even another important fact. My borrower bought that house at the lowest price point in that neighborhood. Believe it or not, they're actually going to set the comps for the neighborhood. So they bought it at the lowest price. They put down 20%. They rehabilitated that home and now they're going to set the highest comp in that neighborhood. That puts me at an extremely safe spot because my average LTV in my portfolio for myself and my investors is 61%. They bought the house for 200 when all the comps in the neighborhood are 300 and when he's done fixing it, it's going to sell at 350 the highest price point in the neighborhood, because it's a newly remodeled home. And yet I'm into that thing only 260 So it's safe for us, which is why we have nominal, if any, losses. Very, very few. You are lending against an asset that's going up. 
yeah, if you talk about auto loans, you know, the minute the car drives off the lot, it's lost whatever it is, 50% of its value. My collateral only goes up. It only gets better. You bought it at the worst point in the neighborhood. There's only one thing that can happen. It only goes up because you're only fixing the property. When you loan on a new house, you know, look, the, the guy bought the house for 200. I'm loaning him 180 and now it's going to be worth 300. Look at it this way. FHA is going to give them a 97% loan on that highest value. I loaned 80% at the lowest value. Which one's safer, FHA or myself? I, I'm safer. Uh, again, people view distressed housing and sometimes they've got it wrong. They view distressed housing as risky. No, 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 no. I'm at the lowest price point in the neighborhood and that house is only going to be worth more when it gets done. You know what's risky is FHA coming in and loaning 97.5% to a first-time home buyer with only 3.5% down that's going to buy that at the, at the highest price point of that neighborhood. That's a loan I don't want to be into. It's such a key component of having of the model is having that ability to leverage the knowledge and the the enterprise of these contractors for the benefit of the people putting the funding in. It really, really helps that I'm a licensed contractor yeah. and that I fixed and flipped, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of properties because we know what to look for and we know what not to look for. So we're just very experienced in this field. My whole team is very experienced and it just really helps to know what to get into and what not to get into. Don't get into a property that's a complete teardown in a gang infested neighborhood. We will never lend on that. We lend on good neighborhoods with good properties, with good bones that are simply not financeable because they're not up to conventional standards. We've spoken about underwriting from an asset point of view, but are there also underwriting steps you take when you look at the contractor or you look at the loan side uh, of that? So we're very, very uh, tight and strict here. First of all, we do a full uh, evaluation on the collateral. We also evaluate the repair budget to make sure it's consistent with the repairs. And then we provide that to the appraiser. Look, this guy's going to put in $50,000 and he's going to put in a new roof and new appliances. And the appraiser gets that so that he can adequately appraise that value. But it doesn't stop there. We're very, very borrower centric. We are not a hard money lender. We're a private money lender. What's the difference? Well, a hard money lender loans money based on the value of the collateral. We actually pull a full tri-merge credit report. We actually do background checks. We actually do a tracing of their funds. We actually get their bank statements. We actually validate and confirm their prior experience by pulling deeds and trust from the county recorder. So we do a full evaluation of the borrower, including credit, liquidity, banking, background check, criminal activity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If there is any blemish in this, we don't loan money to them. Even if they have a property that's worth a billion dollars and they got it for a hundred grand, if their credit is poor and they have some baggage, unfortunately, they will not get a loan from us. We are very, very picky on credit. We're very, very picky on background check. We're very, very picky on liquidity, meaning they need to have some money in their bank account. And we trace those funds to make sure they're actually their own funds. Learning from early 2000 and late 90s, uh, we just chose that a path that we did not want to be in was a path of working with uh, bad people. Our rates and our fees are less than hard money. We make a lot less than hard money. We make a lot less than other lenders, but we're very choosy on who we work with, both from a borrower as well as a collateral perspective. And so if there is baggage in their background, uh, it's it's unfortunately, they're probably not going to get a loan here. We decline about 80% of our submissions. Only about 20% actually get through the, the door to the top. Yeah. And I think that speaks to you taking money from investors and lending it straight out. 
there's none of the room that a big bank would have for the message or the vision to to get diverted into all sorts of other things. It's a very clear line of what you're getting the money for and, and what you're doing with it. There's another twist to this that I guess I'll share. In the fund, the mortgage fund, you know, I have my money invested in that fund. I also, within that fund, and this is exceptionally rare, I have a $500,000 cash guarantee for my investors. I'm first loss. That's already been posted. Brendan, I'm going to tell you that my organization is going to be very, very careful on who it lends money to because my money's in there as well as $500,000 cash guaranteeing my investors I'm a first loss. So guess what? We're, we're very, very, very pragmatic on what collateral we loan to as well as borrowers because I don't want to lose my money for my investors, which is the case that it would be in our offering circular and our private placement memorandum is built. Todd, if anybody listening would like to get involved with a a Zinc product on the investment side, or if people listening would just like to learn more about what you're doing and your philosophies, where can they go online to find you and to do that sort of research? Our fund. This is for investors who want to passively earn 8 to 9% passively on their money that's fully secured with monthly cash distributions. And they can learn more about that at ZincInvesting.com. That's Z-I-N-C Investing.com. They can also reach out to us at 559-326-2509, and they can ask for David Sheets, our Director of Investor Relations, or even myself. Again, that's 559-326-2509. If you're a borrower or a real estate investor that's out there buying properties with the intent on fixing and flipping and, and trying to earn yourself a fair profit, and you're the kind of guy that's improving neighborhoods one house at a time, and you need some extra cash, I'm here to lend it to you. That website is zincfinancial.com. Before I let you go, I just was uh, doing some last minute research and I saw there's a lovely little story behind the name. So tell me, where does this name Zinc come from that you, you're branding all your businesses with? That's, that's interesting you found that. I don't know how you found it. I don't, I don't know where that's out there on the web. <laughs> so when I built, I sold the facilities maintenance company, I, you know, that 500 person company, I sold that and I started Zinc. I needed a name, right? And so I couldn't think of a name. My three children, I'm, I'm married with three children right here in Fresno, California. My three children's name are Zachary, Nicholas, and Cameron. And so I took the first letter of each of their names, which is Zachary, Nicholas, and Cameron, or ZNC. And I had to make a word out of it. So I needed a vowel. Well, O is a vowel, but that would be Zonk. A is a vowel, but that'd be Zank. And the only vowel that fit was the I for Zank. And so that's how I came up with the company name. It's been a pleasure chatting to you and just sort of experiencing your passion for this. But in particular, I love hearing stories of lending that are channeled through, you know, the way we teach lending in, in school of how it should be, you know, taking money from people who've got excess capital, paying them a solid return and giving that money to someone who's going to build something with it. It was so nice meeting you. And I really consider it a pleasure to be on the show with you. Uh, great job. Thank you. And to all your listeners, thank you for uh, having me today. And thank you all for listening. Please do look for and follow the show on your favorite podcast platform and share the updates widely on LinkedIn, where lending nerds are found in our largest concentration. Plus, send me a connection request while you're there. This show is written and recorded by myself, Brendan LaGrange, in Brighton, England, and edited by Fina Charlson of FC Productions. Show music is by I Am Wake, and you can find show notes and written transcripts at www. How to lend money to strangers. Show, or just www.htlmts.show, and I'll see you again 
next Thursday. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.